Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about frozen shoulder. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash frozen shoulder or in the orthopedic section of the Zero to Finals surgery book. So let's get straight into it. Frozen shoulder is also called adhesive capsulitis. It's a relatively common cause of shoulder pain and stiffness. The loss of range of motion and function in the shoulder joint can significantly impair activities. Frozen shoulder most commonly affects people in middle age. Diabetes is a key risk factor. Adhesive capsulitis can be either primary, occurring spontaneously without a trigger, or secondary, occurring in response to trauma, surgery, or immobilization. Let's talk about the pathophysiology. The glenohumeral joint is the ball and socket joint in the shoulder. It's surrounded by connective tissue that forms the joint capsule. In adhesive capsulitis, inflammation and fibrosis in the joint capsule lead to adhesions, which is scar tissue. The adhesions bind the capsule and cause it to tighten around the joint, restricting movement in the joint. Next, let's talk about the presentation. There is a typical course of symptoms in frozen shoulder with three phases. The painful phase, and shoulder pain is often the first symptom and may be worse at night time. The stiff phase, and shoulder stiffness develops and affects both active and passive movement. External rotation is the most affected movement and the most restricted movement. And the pain settles during this stiff phase. And the thawing phase, which is where there's gradual improvement in stiffness and a return to normal. The entire illness lasts one to three years before resolving, for example, six months in each phase. However, a large number of patients, up to 50%, will have persistent symptoms after it resolves. Let's talk about the differential diagnosis. The main differentials in a patient who's presenting with shoulder pain, not preceded by trauma or an acute injury, are supraspinatus tendinopathy, a chromioclavicular joint arthritis or glenohumeral joint arthritis. Rare but important differentials to keep in mind are septic arthritis, inflammatory arthritis and malignancy, for example osteosarcoma or bony metastases. Shoulder pain that's been preceded by trauma or an acute injury to the shoulder may be due to a shoulder dislocation Fractures, for example, fractures of the proximal humerus, clavicle, or rarely the scapula, or a rotator cuff tear. Let's talk a bit more about supraspinatus tendinopathy. Supraspinatus tendinopathy involves inflammation and irritation of the supraspinatus tendon, particularly due to impingement at the point where it passes between the humeral head and the acromion. The empty can test, which is also known as Job test, can be used to assess for supraspinatus tendinopathy. This involves the patient abducting their shoulder or lifting their arm out to the side up to 90 degrees and fully internally rotating the arm as though they're pouring out a can of water. The examiner pushes down on the arm while the patient resists. This is resisted abduction of the shoulder with the arm fully internally rotated. 
The test is positive if there's pain or the arm gives way. Let's talk a bit more about acromioclavicular or AC joint arthritis. This can be demonstrated on examination by tenderness to palpation of the AC joint. Pain is worse at the extremes of shoulder abduction from around 170 degrees onwards when the arm is overhead and a positive scarf test. The scarf test is done by having the patient wrap their arm across their chest and the opposite shoulder like a scarf and if there's pain this can indicate a chromioclavicular joint arthritis. Next let's talk about making a diagnosis of adhesive capsulitis. Adhesive capsulitis or frozen shoulder is a clinical diagnosis based on the history and examination findings and excluding other causes of shoulder pain and stiffness. Imaging investigations are not usually required. X-rays will usually be normal, however they are helpful for diagnosing osteoarthritis as a differential diagnosis. Ultrasound, CT or MRI scans can show a thickened joint capsule in frozen shoulder. Finally, let's talk about management. Non-surgical options for improving symptoms and speeding up the recovery are to continue using the arm but not exacerbating the pain. Analgesia, for example NSAIDs, physiotherapy, intra-articular steroid injections and a procedure called hydrodilation which involves injecting fluid into the joint in order to stretch the capsule. Surgery may be used in particularly resistant or severe cases and the options are manipulation under anesthesia where the shoulder is forcibly manipulated and the capsule is stretched in order to improve the range of motion and arthroscopy which is keyhole surgery on the shoulder to cut the adhesions and release the shoulder joint. So thanks for listening to this episode on frozen shoulder. As always a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about rotator cuff tears.